Good morning, Edinburgh. So good to be here with you. If you are a guest, I especially just want to give you a warm welcome. Hey, we're glad you're, you're here checking things out. If you're watching online, glad you're tuned in. We consider you a part of the church family as well. But uh, way to go, everybody, just making it to church. Uh, we are in this series. In fact, we're wrapping it up today called What If You Prayed? What If You Prayed? And uh, I've been challenging you over the last couple weeks um, to just step up your prayer life. Maybe some of you have never prayed before, and this is an opportunity for you to just try God and, and see what he might do if you were to pray. Uh, others of you, you pray, but I want to encourage you to start praying just like more bold, uh, courageous prayers and see what God might do. I, I've challenged us, what if we prayed for ourselves, but what if we also prayed for our families? And what if we prayed for each other, we prayed for our church? In fact, I've challenged you. What if we were to pray this next year that, that God was to use Edinburgh to see 200 more people come to know Jesus Christ? I, I told you last week we started praying that prayer. Two people gave their life to Christ. This last week, Pastor Tyler gave the gospel message in swap, and six more people gave their life to Christ. <laughs> I mean, God is already answering these, these prayers, and I believe God loves it when his people come together and pray. And this fall, you're going to see a huge initiative here at Edinburgh Church. Um, we want to get every one of you plugged into a small group. Okay, that's going to be a big initiative for us coming up this fall because, you know, this is a big church. You can't know everybody here at Edinburgh. It's just too big. But you can all be known by being in a small group. And just imagine having a group of people around you who you are able to pray with and who are able to pray for you on an ongoing basis. Imagine the difference that might make in your life and the difference of your, in the life of your family. So I want to just encourage you, uh, come October 13th, we're going to have something called a small group launch party. And at that uh, launch party, we're going to have a small group uh, leaders present, tell you a little bit about their groups. Um, we're also just going to have hangout time. We're going to eat. Uh, there will be childcare available for one year old uh, all the way through fourth grade. Uh, but it'll be a great time for you to discover what small group is right for you. We want to get you into a small group because we as a church would like to challenge you to not just pray for yourselves, but also to pray for this church and the community. So please mark your calendars October 13th. Consider being a part of that. And if you start praying through this series and God answers your prayer, please write in. Tell one of us pastors about it. We would love to hear how God is working in your life. If you're going to write in and tell us that you prayed last week for the Green Bay Packers to win, you can go ahead and write me at joshuakirsch at edinburghchurch.org, okay? Uh, you can let him know all about that. Um, it, it, this past summer, my little daughter, Callie, she's three years old, um, she's become friends with our next-door neighbor. Uh, his name is Theodore, but Callie calls him Teddy. And uh, she loves little Teddy, and she wants to play with Teddy as much as possible. But the, there was a, a certain uh, day where she wanted to play with Teddy, but we knew that our neighbors were out of town and Teddy wasn't coming home. But Callie kept just running to our front window, looking out that window, waiting for Teddy to come outside so she could play. We tried saying, hey, uh, Callie, they're not home, he's not coming outside, but she just kept going to the window, kept going to the window. Uh, to see it, when Teddy was going to come outside and play. I mean, this went on all day. And then it was late afternoon. Uh, Danielle and I, we were in the, the living room when we heard, Teddy's home! 
And so we couldn't believe it, so we ran to the front of the house ourselves, and we looked outside, and sure enough, there was our neighbor's car coming down the street. And uh, Callie wanted to rush outside, but we said, no, 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 they're just coming home. You know, only if they come outside are you going to go outside and, and play with Teddy. But about 15 minutes later, Callie went again to the window and said, Teddy, Teddy, Teddy's home. And Teddy was outside in the front yard. So we said, all right. So we went outside and uh, Callie was so excited. She ran a little too fast, didn't stop in time and ended up running right into Teddy, knocking him over. Uh, Teddy didn't seem to mind too much. Then they got into Teddy's little motorized car And he was driving, Callie was in the passenger seat, commanding orders, where to go, already sounding like a married couple, right? (laughs) And then they almost ran over the neighbor's dog, but they had an absolute blast. Callie's becoming fast friends with Teddy, and we are starting to become more and more friends with our neighbors, and we're excited to see where that goes. But, But here's my point, persistence pays, I mean, Danielle and I, we didn't think, uh, you know, Teddy was coming home. We thought they were gone for the weekend. She kept going to the window. She kept going to see when is Teddy going to be home. And sure enough, Teddy came home. Persistence pays. We read in the book of Joshua, this Old Testament book, about how God brought the people of Israel into the promised land. God had brought the people of Israel out of bondage in Egypt through the leader Moses, And Israel had found themselves wandering in the desert for 40 years. It originally wasn't going to take that long. It probably would have taken something closer to 40 days. But because of Israel's disobedience, God said, nope, it's going to be 40 years. And they were in the the wilderness surviving off this this stuff called manna, this, this, this flaky bread falling from the sky. Literally means, what is it? What is it? The people are just sick of manna, and they are waiting to see the promise come to fruition that God had promised to take them into the promised land. Well, Moses, he ends up dying, but the book of Joshua begins this way. We read this in verse 2 of chapter 1. Now that my servant Moses is dead, you, Joshua, must lead the people across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise you that everywhere you go, You will be on land that I've already given you. God's saying the land is already yours. You've been in the wilderness, Israel, but it's time to go into the land. They were so ready to go into the land. They were sick of this manna stuff, but they knew on the other side there was fruit and there was vegetables and there were meats and grains. The only problem was the Jordan River was in the way. And the Jordan River is at, uh, it's at its flood state. It's at high tide, we're told. But Joshua takes some of the leaders and they step into the water. And we're told as soon as they do that, two things happen. Two miracles happen. First, the manna stops falling. And secondly, the water gets backed up upstream. And it dries out so that the people of Israel can cross over this river. As soon as Joshua and the leaders stepped into the water, it dried up so they could pass. God gives us promises, but I believe that sometimes you have to be willing to take a step. 
God wants to heal some of your marriages and some of your relationships, but you've got to take a step. And maybe you need to see a counselor. And you need to take that scary step and make that call. You know, some of you, you want God's favor and you want his blessing on your life and on your family. But God is asking you to take that step of obedience. I mean, God asks us to tithe. Give 10% of our income. And I just wonder how many of us actually do that. I don't personally look at that kind of stuff. But I just wonder how many of us are obedient to what God has said. He said in Malachi, if you do that, I'm going to open up the floodgates and I'm going to pour out blessing on you. It's a scary step. Are you trusting me? Tithe literally means 10% of your income. And I just wonder how many of us actually take that step of faith. God has amazing promises for us, but we've got to be willing to take the step of faith. And so Israel does that. Uh, Joshua does that. They, they, they take that step of faith, and the river dries up, and then they cross only then to experience the next problem, the city of Jericho. I mean, how true is this? That sometimes you're obedient, and you take that step of faith only to encounter your next problem and your next challenge, and you're like, God, I was trusting you. I was being obedient. Why does it have to always be so hard, so hard at work, so hard in, in family, so hard where, wherever your challenges might be. I'm like, I'm trusting you. And then there's that next challenge. Here's why I believe that is, friends. God wants to know, are you just going to trust me for a day? Or are you going to keep trusting me? Are you just going to trust me that, that one time and, and to take that one step? Or are you going to keep taking those steps of faith and trusting me throughout your life? I'm not just asking you to trust me for one day. I'm asking you to trust me every day. God says this to Joshua, chapter 6. He says, uh, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I love that. He's saying, I have already given you Jericho. They haven't done anything yet, but I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. Then God goes on to tell Joshua he's going to do something pretty unconventional, something that might even seem a bit uh, foolish. He says, march around the city once with all your armed men. Not a whole lot of armed men. A lot of the armed men, older men, had died off in the wilderness, so these are, are really young men. But take those you have, march around, uh, all your armed men. Do this for six days, and on the seventh day, March around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast, have all the people give a loud shout, then the city wall will collapse and you will overtake it. Here's my question for us. I just want to take time out. Are you willing to obey God even when it seems a little foolish? <laughs> Those of us who have been following God for a time, we know, don't we, God often calls us to do things that feels a little foolish. I can just picture Israel here. You know, they're not sure all that God has said to Joshua. They're just being told by Joshua, we're going to march around the city a total of 13 times. I can imagine by the time they marched around it on the third day, they're sitting there going, what are we doing here? <laughs> what is this? What are we doing? Sometimes God asks us to do things that are foolish. 
You know, everyone might be going to that party, but you know you shouldn't go. And even though everyone else is going, you do it feels a little foolish and, and not go, not do that. You know, all your friends maybe in college are sleeping in and church isn't even on their radar, but you're like, I'm going to take a stand and I'm going to make church priority in my life. Sometimes God asks us to do things that are a little foolish. Are we willing to be obedient? Then in verse 15, we read on the seventh day, they got up at, uh, they got up at daybreak and they marched around the city as they did before. But this time they went around the city seven times. The seventh time around, the priest sounded the long blast on their horns, and Joshua commanded the people to shout. Suddenly, the walls of Jericho collapsed, and the Israelites charged straight into the city and captured it. As I read this story, I kind of see two lessons come, come to the fore here. Two, two reasons why I think sometimes our prayers fall short and the first reason is this, it's because we give up on day six. God said, Joshua, you're going to march around the city for seven days. And on that seventh day, you're going to march around it seven times, and then you're going to shout, and the walls are going to come down, and they did. But I wonder this, what would have happened if they would have given up on day six or day three? They wouldn't have had victory. I'm telling you, this is my biggest problem. I have a tendency to give up on day six and miss out on what God wants to do in my life. I don't know when that seventh day is going to come, but God is saying, are you going to trust me in those seven days? Are you going to trust me for those seven weeks? Are you going to trust me for those seven years? Are you going to be like Callie, continuing to go to the window and wait on me? What if God wanted to test my faith? What if God wanted to test to see if I would be foolish enough to do something for him? What if he wanted to test your faith and see if you would be foolish enough? We don't know when that seven day will come. But God wants to know, are you going to keep trusting? Are you going to give up on day six? Or are you going to keep trusting? Are you going to grow weary? When your prayer doesn't get answered on day three, Are you going to get weary when I answer your prayer a different way than you thought? Are you going to stop trusting in the time of waiting when I could be doing the greatest work in your life? I don't know about you, friends. It's when I'm waiting that my faith in God goes deeper and I learn to trust him more. Do, do we trust that that time is just as valuable as the answer to our prayers? I'm telling you, this is why so many of our prayers fall short, is because we stop at day six. This past summer, uh, my family went to a cabin, and uh, it was on this lake, and one of the, the great things about going to this cabin was my kids can fish. And they love fishing, they don't get to do a lot of it, so as soon as we got there, all they wanted to do was fish. We got them some bait. And I showed them how to, you know, hook the worm and do some of that stuff. But they couldn't get the fish off of the hook. I, I had to do that for them. Um, and the problem was, it was fun at first catching all these sunnies. And they just kept catching the sunnies. But eventually, uh, Kayla wanted to catch something a little bigger. 
And I was getting a little annoyed because every time they would cast, they would catch a sunny. And I, by this time, had gone into the cabin. I just wanted to rest and eat some snacks. Uh, but every time I'd hear, Dad, I caught another one, and it would be a sunny. And I'd have to come down out of the cabin, take it off. And, I mean, they just, this kept happening for hours. Kalo was saying, Dad, I want to catch a bass. I don't want to catch these, these sunnies. And her brother even gave up, but she didn't. And eventually, I saw her cast the line out there pretty good ways. And it seemed like before it even hit the water, something took it. And I could tell just by the way the pole bent, there was a little more weight on the line. And so again, she called me down. I came down, and I took the, the pole. I could tell this, this wasn't a sunny. Reeled it in. She ended up catching a pretty good size bass. And, uh, yeah, she was pretty, pretty stoked about this, this bass um, that she caught. And I, I, you know, I said, you, you prayed, and I was praying because I was sick of taking the fish uh, off, uh, off the hook. Now, does God care whether we catch fish? Of course he does. I don't know. I'm always praying when I'm fishing. Actually, I don't know if God cares when we catch fish. I just know he cares about us. And I know he cares about Michaela. But I just wonder what would have happened if she would have given up. You know, she'd caught about 20 sunnies before she caught that bass. What if she would have given up on the 20th sunny and said, I'm, 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 I'm going inside? She, she never would have caught the bass. Here's what I know. If she would have given up, she would have missed out. The question for you is when you are tempted to quit, what do you do? Do you keep trusting? Do you keep praying? Do you keep asking? Sometimes, friends, it's not even about how much faith you have. It's about how persistent you're willing to be. Jesus tells this, this story about a man who has a guest come over, and he doesn't have anything to feed him. So he goes to a neighbor's house. It's late at night, and he knocks on the door, and the neighbor yells from bed, what do you want? And he says, I, I, give me something to eat. I have a guest at my house, and I need to feed him. And the, the, the neighbor says, go away. It's late. But look at what Jesus says. He says, I tell you this, though he won't do it for his friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. <laughs> He's saying, the guy might not even like you, but if you keep knocking, he'll get up and he will give you what you need. And Jesus' point here is, God, who does like you, Sometimes what he wants to see is, are you going to keep knocking shamelessly? Keep asking. I wonder how many prayers of ours go unanswered because we stop praying at day six. How many relationships fall apart? How many miracles don't happen? How many people go unreached because we stop praying? And the reason we have to keep praying and trusting is because you never know when your day seven is going to come. Some of you right now, you're praying for healing, and I want to encourage you, don't stop at day six. Some of you are praying for a relational or a financial breakthrough. Don't stop at day six. What God wants to know is, are you going to pray one more time? Are you going to trust me for one more day? I'm telling you, one of the biggest reasons our prayers go unanswered is because we give up at day six. We quit. And I'm going to tell you, don't dare quit. Unless God makes it clear, it's a no. You keep praying. 
Second reason so many of our prayers fall short is because we tolerate sin. You and I tolerate sin, so God gives Israel this victory. The walls come down, they experience a miracle. But God, through Joshua, he tells the people of Israel this. He says, but keep away from the sacred things, talking about the sacred things, the, 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 the wealth that was in the city of Jericho, so that you won't bring about your own destruction. All the articles of silver, gold, and bronze are sacred to the Lord and must go into his treasury. So these things belong to God. But an Israelite named Achan had stolen some of those things, so the Lord's anger burned against Israel. And right after this, Israel has another battle to face. But God removes his protection, and they are soundly defeated. And we're told Joshua, he tears his clothes, and he falls on his face before God. But God said to Joshua, get off, get up off the ground. Israel has sinned. They have taken some of the sacred things. They've stolen and lied you will never defeat your enemies unless you remove these hidden sins. Sometimes our prayers go unanswered because of our hidden sins. And here's my question for you. I just want to take a time out. Are, are there any secret sins in your life? Sins that you're hiding? Psalm 66, the psalmist says this, If I had not confessed the sin in my heart, the Lord would have not have heard my prayer. Sometimes our prayers go unanswered because we're holding on to a secret, into, onto a hidden sin, and it's blocking us in our relationship with God. By the way, Achan's sin, it affected the entire nation. Isn't this true? That our sin is never alone. Our sin can affect our family. It, it can affect our church. It, it can affect our business or our organization. It can even affect a nation. And I talk to people from time to time who have a problem in their marriage or they've got a problem at work. And I, as I dig a little deeper, what I find often is layer after layer of misconduct, of sin. Deceit, greed, pride, arrogance. And as I dig a little deeper, I find that these things are, are bringing problems into their life. And I need you to hear this. Sin offends God. It offends him. And if God were here, this is what he would tell you. He'd say, I want to bless your life. I want you to experience me in new and fresh ways, and I want to do an awesome work in you and through you. But you've got to deal with that sin. You've got to confess it. And you've got to ask me for help. I, I just believe so often we come to God because we just want things, but we don't want to be obedient. We don't want to do the things and live the way he's called us to live. It kind of reminds me of the story of the kid at Christmas. Maybe you've heard this story, but the kid sat down and he prayed. And he said, God, I've been good for three months, so please give me everything I'm asking for for Christmas. Then he had to scratch that and he said, no, God, I've been good for two months, so please give me thing, everything I've asked for for Christmas. And then he had to even scratch that and he said, okay, God, I've been good for two weeks. Please give me everything I've asked for 
Then he had to even scratch that. And finally, he had enough, so he got up and he went to his mom's manger scene. And he took the little figurine, Mary. And he sat back down to pray and he said, Jesus, if you ever want to see your mother alive again, (laughs) you'll give me what I want. This is what some of us try to do with God. We try to twist his arm behind his back. We try to manipulate him. We don't want to live the way he's called us to live. We just want good things from him. And friends, I'm telling you, God loves you too much to let you live that way. He he, he wants greater things for you than that, than the the little petty things you ask for in prayer. He wants you to learn how to live for something eternal. He wants you to learn how to live for his glory and to find joy and peace and love through that. He wants you to live for a higher purpose and for your own good. If you're living in blatant, hidden sin, you cannot expect him to answer your prayers. And so I believe there's two things that cause our, our, our prayers to, to fall short. Giving up on day six, but also just unconfessed sin. And as I close out this morning, I just want to paint a picture of the Father's heart for you. I heard this story recently of a father who, whose daughter was at this piano recital, and she just totally botched the recital. It didn't go well. She tried to back up in front of this audience. She tried to do it again, but she totally forgot her part. And so finally, she made her way through it. She got up. She gave a courtesy. The audience gave her kind of a sympathy applause, and then she rushed off stage. And her father and mother went backstage to greet her back there. And as soon as she saw her dad, she, she ran into her father's arms. And she just said, Dad, I blew it. I messed up. Dad, I messed up. He said, in that moment, I would have given her the moan. And I'm telling you, if we would go to God this morning and we would confess that sin and say, God, I've messed up. I need your help. You have a loving father in heaven who wants to give you the moan. Last verse I want you to see. It's kind of been the theme verse of this series. If you who are sinful know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask him? As we close, here's what I want to ask us to do, friends. I'm going to ask you to stand up if you can. And uh, I want us just to spend a little time in reflection. So would you just bow your heads for just a moment with me? The good news is God invites us into something incredible. He invites us into this amazing relationship with him. He promises us eternal life. The problem is we have a Jericho in front of us. We have these walls in front of us put there because of our sin. But here's the good news. You don't have to knock those walls down. That that sin and death that stands in the way of your eternity with God and your relationship with the Father, Jesus has knocked down those walls for you. He's walked around that city. 
He died on the cross. He buried your sin in a tomb, past, present, and future, and he rose from the dead. So why those walls could be knocked down and your job is simply to receive the victory he gives you this morning. That's my challenge to you. Will you receive it? Will you take hold of it? Say, God, I want something better. I want something greater. I want to live for something higher and more purposeful. God invites every single one of you into that this morning. And so if there's a sin you need to confess, if there's something you need to do in your your life just to get right with God, this is your opportunity. Some of you, you need to turn back to God this morning. Others of you, you need to get right for the first time with God this morning. And we just say, Father, right now we receive what your son Jesus has done for us. And we're so thankful he knocked down those walls for us. He fought our battles for us so that we could have victory in his name. Lord, we confess we are sinners and we need your help. Help us to take that next step so we can stop, start living in a way that brings you glory and allows you to work in and through our life. We ask this individually and we ask this as a church. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, Pastor Brent here. Thanks for watching this Edinburgh Church message. We hope you found it encouraging, inspiring, and because of the message of Jesus Christ, ultimately life-giving. Hey, it's because of people just like you that we are able to do this ministry, which is why I want to encourage you to consider becoming a part of the Edinburgh Church Foundation, meaning to become a financial supporter of this ministry. I believe it is the greatest investment we can make seeing lives eternally changed. Uh, You can do that by giving a one-time gift or even better, becoming an ongoing supporter. All you got to do is go to edinburghchurch.org and look for the Give tab in the top right corner. Thanks again for watching.